Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Out of the gates and ready to go. OutKick 360 is underway. Friday edition is here. That means we will get you ready for all of the kickoffs across college football in the NFL that matter. Here we are. On the eve of another great football weekend, the entire crew is here. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Gentlemen, good afternoon. Boys, we made it. That's really all I can say right now because the week is here. The week, the week is done. The weekend is here. And also, by the way, shout out to Dylan Taylor, who's here. Former Outkick 360 intern who's here with us right now. Dylan. That's working on the show. usually force him to go to the main office. This is how much Dylan loved his time with us at Outkick 360. He performed the intern admirably, and then he just left and went to another show immediately. So it's great. Granted, it was for Dockett, who was above us in in the ratings for local radio. So fair enough. Fair enough. We're going to see Dockett this weekend. He's coming yeah, to town. He's, yeah, Titans Colts this weekend. In, he'll he'll in be Nashville. in this very studio on Monday, I believe. He will. He was wearing a crown <clears throat> We're today. We're charging him some rent. So I let let's start with Dockett just briefly. So he is all on board with the Matt Ryan passing for nearly 400 yards storyline. In fact, he went as far to say in our recent fantasy football outkick fantasy football league chat that he believes Matt Ryan with a couple more performances like this, is going to be starting to pick up MVP honors. Oh, come on. I was on with I him said, yesterday on his local show. He's joking. Same thing. He didn't dare well, say tell that. Me he's I, I said, I interrupted. I said, allow me to speak Dockage. And I translated for him that he has been ripping the media there for being all on board with the Colts. And now all of a sudden they're not. So he's doing the opposite, opposite. right? But he's doing it on. I'm surprised they're not, don't though, because they 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 have a winning record. Well, but they, the way they've been winning, though, it does it, it it's fool's gold, right? Right. But a lot of teams feel that way. Media, yeah, because media, the way, media. The, yeah, because L- let the me give the a little is. message to Dockage right now. He's not asking for it, but I'll tell him this to his face on Sunday when I see <laughs> him. Dockage voice, though. These guys in the local media, all the Colts guys get together and they decide around a campfire that this is the greatest team ever. And I don't get it. I don't get it. They're not good. They suck. They suck. Anyway, next. So here's the thing with Doc. I I just love that. I feel like Um, Sunday is the definitive. I go way too high pitched, but I feel like the speech pattern is right, even though I'm a little more high pitched. I like it high pitched. It makes it more of a caricature. Yes. So you have to guard against. If you have our jobs, it is very easy to go against the grain, to see what everyone else against is saying the grain. and want to automatically go against it. But <laughs> if you're going to do that, come with a good opinion on it that is well-formed in fact, and then go against the grain. Dockage is good at that. But I will ask Dan this. If he is actually saying that this is a huge turnaround and Matt Ryan should be considered for MVP by the end of the year and all this. He's not saying it now. He's saying like a couple more performances. To your point, though, Hutton, 
if he's just simply doing this to go against his indie media brethren, mm-hmm. be very careful. Be very careful. I warn you against that only because that becomes what you do. You just automatically go against everyone else. You can't do that. There are many times that I badly want to go against everyone else because I don't like everyone else sometimes, right? But you got to say what you believe. You got to say what you believe. You got to believe what you say. You can't well, just do it to be contrarian and go against everyone else. I fear our buddy Dan Dockage, who I like and respect, is falling into this trap. I don't think anyone else is anti Matt Ryan, though, for him being pro Matt Ryan right now. I think more people have jumped off the bandwagon. They're wishful. Yeah, and and so Jonathan Taylor may play on Sunday. Looks, looks it, good. It, it, yeah, they've said probable. like it hasn't been said, but they did all away with the probable diagnosis for the injury report. But it feels like if they're they'll if probably they call him questionable, that, but he'll rank as probable. It sounds like he's playing Sunday. Hines uh, Hines is definitely playing. How much do they throw versus run now that Matt Ryan is building a rapport with Michael Pittman and with Alec Pierce? And the last time these two teams played, which wasn't that long ago, Mo Alley Cox ripped them apart yeah. in the second half. So, do they go more with the pass protection, which has improved, right, and match up against the Titans secondary, or do they try to force the issue with the run, which is what I felt like they should build their identity around? If 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 the media and the the, the buildup of Jonathan Taylor is most valuable player quality. They should go with him first. And the Titans have done very well against Taylor and their bad pass defense. So, coming into this game, for this opponent, off of what you did last week out of necessity based on your available personnel, how do you meld? This is the story of the game to me. How do the Colts meld what they just did when they were forced to into their regular offense against a team that's had pretty good success stopping your running back, isn't stopping anybody throwing it right now, especially chunk plays, as you're figuring out your receiver's roles, like you're talking about Pittman and Pierce, and even Paris Campbell did some things last week. This is the test of Reich, who we're always killing, right? Can you put together a game plan that takes the best of all of these things in the right measures against the Titans who have some defensive deficiencies? They they have to balance this, though. Yeah. And and here's why. I, I was thinking about the Colts and how they've transitioned. They had to throw it last week, and they did it well in the second half. And especially. protected. No sacks. They, they threw literally 60 times 58. with Matt Ryan. No sacks allowed. 58! 58. And he threw 37 attempts in the first half. He threw 37 attempts against the Titans on October the 3rd. So it's total, outrageous number. Yeah. Um, they can't go all past, though. They cannot turn into the Cincinnati Bengals of last year. Last year, they, the Bengals were run first. And then they transitioned into Burrow and Chase in the passing game first with the run game supplement. They can't do that in Indy. They've got to go through Taylor. And if they do that, can they win? I, we'll find out. Yeah. Here's the that, other thing. The, Here's the other thing the that plan. I think. Jacksonville's best pressure guys are outside, right? Number one pick in the draft, Allen. Um, I, I'm not thinking of their interior guys off the top of my head. Tennessee right now is thriving with Jeffrey Simmons and Danico Autry starting from the inside. Dupree's going to be back, but they've been hurting on the outside. Rashad Weaver's productive. He has three and a half sacks. Titans' only team in the league with three guys with three and a half sacks. So their pass rush is still coming, but they're less threatening outside than they are inside. So this is an inside out from what they had last week. Can their interior line hold up as well as the exterior line? 
who, who was at the forefront of the pass protection last week. Tight. A lot of good questions here. Here's an interesting thing. NFL Network sends out, what, six or seven people to games? So they sent out their lineup. I tweeted this just when I was walking in 40 minutes ago. They sent out their lineup of where everybody's going to be. We know this is the one game between two winning teams this week. Yep. Nobody's coming here. Big markets, big stars. That's where the NFL is sending its broadcast people this week. And that's not a surprise. But, you know, it is conceivably the best, most interesting game of the week in terms of competitiveness and quality of teams. Well, it's a knock on the division, too. Not just market, but no one believes in what these teams have done so far in their wins. It's also a knock against runners because Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor are two of the premier running backs in the league, but they're not quarterbacks. So they're sending the, the reporters with the stars. The Panthers have sent their star to San Francisco, to the Bay Area. Christian McCaffrey traded late last night to the San Francisco 49ers. And what I think is a haul for Carolina. I agree. Scott Fitterer, uh, he he said that when they added up, and I don't know which chart they're going by. Paul, you, you're more there are familiar two, with these. two charts, really. A new age analytic chart and an old Jimmy Johnson chart. But he, whatever chart they're going by, he said all of the picks added up next year to a first-round pick. Second, value-wise. Second, third, fourth next year, yes. fifth in 2024. Yes. That, I, when I heard that, I was like, I am. I, I, you can't so, turn that down. This, to me, guys, is... It's, it sounds like a great deal for San Francisco in terms of what they're giving up, just on its face. No, I think the other way. Oh, I in, think in, Carolina's In, in, in return for McCaffrey, you're yes. saying? So, for what they want to do right now, so this I like is, it for San Francisco. But here, here is where I, I think we have overlooked the what, what San Francisco is doing. There are two things. Number one, um, Albert Breer has said that the Rams were heavily involved in trade talks. How? We, we discussed this. How? I have no idea. But there's, the a, uh, there's an element of keep away here, for sure. So they do the keep away, but they also, in a, in a weird way, they are going all in with Jimmy Garoppolo. Think about that. They have just gone all in, chips on the table, with Jimmy G. They can't trade up next year now and go get a first-round quarterback if they don't believe in Trey Lance. Garoppolo has a no franchise clause, no franchise tag clause, no trade clause. He is a free agent after this year. They are going all in to win right now with Jimmy G, a quarterback that they wish they would have traded six months ago. He's got a $12 million a year cap number for the 49ers, 23, 24, 25. So that's the investment you're making in him cap dollar. But they're on the hook for everything on his contract, though, based on what Carolina signed him for. Well, they're on the hook for 12 a year. But it's pretty much base salary and workout bonus. I'm going to look at Carolina now, and I'm very confused about the Carolina part for this year, um, which I have to concede. Uh, I'm looking at over the well, cap the, now. The, but I, the cap hits, though. The, the cap, cap hits are 12 a year. That's not what Rappaport sent out. Right, Rappaport, well, that's what over the cap has. Rappaport tweeted that they're on the hit for 19.6 next year, 19.6 in 2024, and then 15 and a half in 2025. I actually don't think that's right because those were the full cap numbers and they include some bonus stuff and the bonus stuff gets accelerated on Carolina. I'm going to look at the yeah, Carolina part. Fa- uh, either way, it is a all-in move. The Rams have done this in the past. Yeah, they've got a big and now San Francisco's number following that model. Now. But they're doing it with Jimmy G and not Matthew Stafford. Stafford did not win in Detroit but put up ma- massive numbers. They went all-in with him. 
traded for him, won a Super Bowl. Garoppolo wins games, right? That, that's in his favor. He goes on the road in Green Bay and wins. Now, it's not him, but it's the team with Garoppolo at quarterback. And now they've just traded for a guy who's from the Bay Area, who now is back there and is as dynamic of a player as you can hope for when he's healthy. And it is a massive gamble based on that, based on the games available for Christian McCaffrey over the recent years. McCaffrey, for the record, according to Over the Cap, which is generally solid as can be, leaves behind a little over $8 million this year, which confuses me as to why it's not more, and I'm conceding I've been incorrect on projecting what it was, and I don't really understand the breakdown of this. I've been looking for help, and I haven't heard back from people. 18.35 next year. Dead. Question for you guys. If Trey Lance is still the quarterback, are they still making this move with the same record? Yeah, with the same record, yes. With the same record, but I don't think they'd have the so same record. So follow-up question to that. Does quarterback even really matter? To Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers. Less in that system than other places because he schemes things. I think the oh, quarterback range, does matter. I don't think they're. I don't think they have the same record with Trey Lance. Yeah, I, I think agree. the range though. But they decided to start Trey Lance. They decided to trade up and draft Trey Lance. Yes. But they were wrong. Kyle Shanahan. We, we, we got to look at this both sides, right? They were wrong. Kyle Shanahan is this offensive genius who decided to go away from a guy with a a, a terrific winning record at quarterback, but a bad injury history. to start Trey Lance. Yes. So I don't know if it's it, them just now fully admitting we were wrong. Trey Lance never has a shot here again. Well, and Jimmy Garoppolo's no, our guy. That. It's not that. Okay, it's not that. I agree it's not that. But here's what I'm saying about their system. The gap between what they're expecting from quarterback to what they can get in the width of play to make their system work is so great in San Francisco compared to everyone else. I think they make this move with either quarterback. How many teams in the league have two quarterbacks they would make this move with no matter what? None. He, here, uh, also... If it you, is not a quarterback... Well, to, but th- it's not about may, two. It's about one. This Th- is they're, not they're a, willing to make it with the guy they have, and there were at least three teams heavily involved, one of them being the Rams, according to Albert Breer. But you said they'd be willing to make it with the other guy, too. Well, So they have two the quarterbacks record, on their roster. I disagree that they'd have the same record. Right. You're, you're hypothetical on that. We're both not agreeing I'm with, saying if Trey Lance has the same... What has Jimmy Garoppolo done to win these games? I think they well, have the same record with Trey Lance. The day that, he, the day that Lance Last got hurt, games Jimmy Garoppolo well. came in and won the game. Last two games he's played well, albeit at Carolina and at Atlanta. But those are the Here, teams on the, the schedule. Other factor, though. I, I asked this question to say this. I, I think that San Francisco may be the one place in the league that is somewhat immune to mediocre to below quarterback play. I can't think of oh, another place. They're getting it right now in Los Angeles. They're getting it in Los Angeles Arizona. won't survive it. Here's why. Well, because Arizona they don't have Christian McCaffrey, it. though, right? That's what you're saying? Well, they were surviving it for Yes, now that they have him. Kyle Shanahan with Christian McCaffrey is different than most any other coach with Christian McCaffrey. So take that aside. I'm telling you, even without Christian McCaffrey, I think San Francisco with Shanahan makes the playoffs. L.A.'s not making the playoffs if this continues. The no. other team you mentioned is not making I'm laying all this out to tell you, I think Kyle Shanahan is really good. Well, they've got really, to. really good. It may be the loan system and the loan, and it's every part of it, right? It's their roster, it's their defense, it's Debo Samuel. I take all that into account. They may be the one franchise that is somewhat mediocre to below quarterback proof. 
I haven't looked at their cap situation in future years, but we've already talked about what they gave up for Lance, which was a first next year. I'm sorry, a first last year and a first next year, as well as a third last year. So already they're somewhat depleted in terms of what you should be getting. Now they've given up the bulk of their draft next year, plus a pick in 2024. This is a very much a go-for-it situation, and unless they can mirror what the Rams in their division have done by making trades to get players, signing big free agents, and, and milking the back half of the draft to get good players, they're in a window now where they've got to win it with Jimmy G because in three years, they're not going to have a good young core because those picks are gone. They're gone to whoever they traded with Lance for. I can't remember. And they're, Miami. And they're gone to Carolina. But, but consider what San Francisco pulled off here for what the offer was. They did, they, we don't see McCaffrey in Los Angeles with the Rams, and he's not with the Bills. Yeah. The two, Bills the called. two of their chief opponents. We, we, but I still don't think they're in the Bills class. If, if, I mean, if it was San Francisco, Buffalo, well, Super Bowl right now. They don't have to be until the Super Bowl. Right. And it's a one-game so thing. Look you at the, take your chance. So look at the NFC right now. San Francisco just adds McCaffrey. They are in a division where right now they lead the division at 3-3. Three and three. The Rams are also 3-3. Three and three. The Seahawks are 3-3. Three and three. Arizona wins last night. They're 3-4. and four. I think before this trade, we all would have said San Francisco's going to emerge from that division anyway. Well, I, I would say that. And then they got... They got owned by Atlanta last week. And they're but, also very hurt on defense. They'll but get now look at, the, look at the rest of the, the conference, though. So now we're going up to the NFC Championship. You're just spitballing here. Yeah, if, if you're John Lynch and the Vikings lead the NFC North. San Francisco's better. Green Bay is 3-3. Three and three, Same record as San Francisco. And San Francisco wins in Green, in Bay. Green Bay. They win. Every year. Better who, yet at home. Who is coming out of the South right now? Uh, in the South, not worried about Bucks, Tampa. Falcons, Saints. Not worried about any, but not worried about them. them. I agree. So now, San Francisco so, is is the favorite in the NFC conceivable with Jimmy Garoppolo. But, and they and again, like that's my point. Which they is mind blowing for Kyle Shanahan. We saw two the two other teams who have been reported in on this: Josh Allen and Matthew Stafford, and the 49ers were involved with Jimmy G, who a month and a half ago they didn't even want around. Their locker room. They had him running outside where they were working out and doing team meetings. And then whenever they were practicing, he was inside working out. But Christian McCaffrey, the last three seasons, played three games, seven games, six games. You are praying, if you're San Francisco, yes. that he holds together. And that recent evidence says he won't. But what he just became is Debo Samuel of last year. And you still have Debo Samuel. Yeah. But if he suffers a hamstring or a high ankle or something three weeks from now. But they're saying it's worth the risk because they're going for it. Yeah. Right? At least. I'd like you to go for it with somebody that's, that's been durable. You know? But there is no question. They're going to get guys back, though, and I trust in Kyle Shanahan's system. Even with mediocre But there is no play. question when think he's healthy, didn't make he is a difference trade. maker. Think I, if they didn't make I, that I, Lance trade and they had a first rounder on that roster who you know they draft pretty well would be a contributing player. They'd have a 2022 first. They'd have a 2023 first coming. I mean, it was just a bad trade. Hey, someone well-connected with the 49ers winner. was watching and just texted me, Paul, and said, Ian Rappaport is wrong. You were right on those numbers. 
that I, he posted. I showed you yeah, I've, been looking, I've been looking at the numbers the last said, couple days. There's a lot of dead money on there that, that should not be. Yes. That's, that's, that's going to be okay for the 49ers. Yeah. It's, 12, it's about 12 a year, which is costly for a running back. I mean, they, they are now a team with the costly running back, but it's not as costly as it was in Carolina because Carolina's swallowing dead money. McCaffrey has missed 23 of 33 games in 2020 and 2021 due to injury. That's a bucket load. And if you go the year before, it gets even higher because he only played three. Let me roll through Albert Breer's tweets here, if you don't don't mind, because he's got some stuff today with the background of all of this, and he's been great with it. 49ers coach Kyle Shanahan wore 87 in college in tribute to Ed McCaffrey who played for Kyle's dad. Who was a guest of ours on Radio Row in in L.A. And who Kyle modeled his game after as a receiver after he was a Broncos ball boy as a teenager. Now Kyle is coaching Ed's son. I just, it's a wild story, and I wanted to point that out. Wild, more connections. John Lynch, a Stanford alum, and uh, he's been close with with Christian McCaffrey through college and with David Shaw. Lynch and Ed McCaffrey, Stanford teammates, 89 and 90. And Lynch's son, Jake, plays at Stanford. He just missed playing with McCaffrey. Or played at Stanford, excuse me. Um, Some other Panthers 49ers notes. The Niners were the first team to reach out about McCaffrey, which took place last Friday. More teams called on Tuesday, some more serious than others. Three teams, the Rams were one of them, were in it at the end. Now, another reporter, and forgive me, it's CBS, Fox, forget it. The other team is the Bills. Um, so it's the Rams, Bills, and 49ers. He goes on to say, teams in at the end were all very serious. The Rams were in on this. Versatility was key in McCaffrey's value for both LA and San Francisco. So I, they sold him on Debo Samuel last year. When I read that tweet, I'm thinking they're telling him you are Debo Samuel last year. We're going to treat you like a wide receiver. You're going to play in the backfield. Here's one interesting thing about the Bills. Um, they have Dalvin Cook's little brother, who they drafted in, what, the second or the James third Cook. round? Yep. And they have not given him much of an opportunity at all. Now, I don't know if he's just not been good or if because they have, have a winning issues. path without him, yeah. they, they've not turned to it. But... I'm not saying he's Christian McCaffrey, but he's got some of the skills of Christian McCaffrey, and they haven't really tried it. I wonder if they look to that more. I I understand. Like, they've got a winning formula right now. But like Armando said yesterday, you're you're always living with a certain danger when, when Josh Allen is the centerpiece of your running attack. And they probably should start to experiment more with the running attack they have or go trade for another back right now. I mean, Cook fumbled his first ever NFL carry. Yeah. You know? But at some point, you get out of the doghouse. Hit us up with your thoughts at Outkick 360. I mean, this is boom or bust, but this is more. This is big, big risk and a massive reward at the end. If I'm you, a little risk-averse here, personally. I, I, I think it could backfire. I, 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 I wouldn't have done it. recent history shows us, very recent history, that going for boom is the way to go. So maybe it'll work out again. But, but within that division, but here's my here's what just puzzles me. Well, beyond no doubt, I'm the Zach Galifianakis meme right now. Okay, yeah, yeah. so the team that went for it all last year was in on Christian McCaffrey this year. How? Based on uh, everything I, that we have been told well, by every market, I, saying that you can't do it based on the salary cap. The You're salary screwing cap, yourself for the future. The salary cap how, is fake. How I feel like, like how are you they can in just on that? It. 
I mean, they can they they are master manipulator manipulators of the salary cap. So everyone else is using the cap as an excuse to not spend. Well, yeah. no, to that not not everybody's salary cap is at a point where they can manipulate it. You ha- you have to start three years ago to be in position to do it now. So right. the Rams did start, but three the Rams years ago. have a they just extended Stafford, they just extended Cooper Cup, they just gave Aaron Donald a raise without extending his contract. And they're trading for Christian McCaffrey? But say you look at, like, I'm just going to throw out random numbers. But I'm the probably, Titans can't afford A.J. I, I'm, Brown. I'm probably lo- wrong on the, on the percentages here. But say an average roster, let's say Seattle, their last uh, 25 or 30 guys cost X. Right. All right, the last 25 or 30 guys in Los Angeles are all minimum guys. And they found enough of those minimum guys who are good players to fill in around their their constellation of stars. So, but they have that so it works many, right. You know where and I'm you have from, to start though. that process a while ago. But their star players are star players. Oh. Jalen Ramsey. No, their star that players team. are as Let, good let's as just anybody. Go through everybody. They had Ramsey, Von Miller, Donald, they for Von Miller, Miller last year. Uh, Cup. Allen Robinson was the best player yes. on the Bears yeah. a year ago. Uh, they trade uh, Robert uh, Woods for nothing. They pay part of his salary to leave, and then they add Allen Robinson, and they're the last team in on Christian McCaffrey. Well, this is part of, and I, I don't know what your faith level is. I, I, I'm losing faith in the Rams. I don't think the Rams are going to resurface. And, and but they won so the they Super got, Bowl they got by the Super doing Bowl. that. Yeah, though. they got the Super Bowl. But now you make the one move for Robinson. Robinson doesn't pan out. And if the one, if a star move doesn't work for you in your constellation and scrub, right. scrub is a strong word, but that's uh, I'll call yeah. it a constellation and scrub construction. So if one of your star moves doesn't work, it, the whole thing can come come off. So the Allen Robinson thing's not working, and that's a big problem for them now. I, I, I've heard the excuse though the last it, two weeks, did, not now. They're saying, oh, the Rams are paying the price for going all in, all in last year. Look at their offensive line. Well, it's also Stafford's but, elbow. But look at the. Look at what they're trying to do. They're the ones being well, reported with after it. it. And I, by being after it, that means they're going to make it happen. And it just, it's very confusing to sit here in the offseason and talk about cap numbers when certain teams are in and out. And then the teams that were all in last year and were told they're going to pay the price if they don't win the Super Bowl, they do. And they're still running it back. Can get right back to being and all in the next year. They're trying year. to do it again. They're not going to stop. Yeah. They're not going to stop. But the thing that's going to stop them is that they're just not. Playing well enough. Well, it, and protecting well enough, yeah. too. And they got a quarterback with maybe that. with an elbow issue. Coming up, we'll switch gears. We'll go to college football. Chad Withrow has his top 10 games. It was difficult this week. It was difficult this week. Can but, we do a thing while he's, he's counting it, it down? He's done it. I'll tell you at which game I begin to be interested. Six good games. I'll give it to you right now. Six <laughs> good games, four, eh, but whatever. How did Chad figure out the other four. Oh, there's a process. We've got the top we'll 10 games of the, the college process. football weekend, and the top six are really good. That's next on Outkick 360. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served, and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back, and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. 
And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Talking Christian McCaffrey and the trade to the San Francisco 49ers. Outkick 360 rolls on. We'll go back to that coming up in the next hour. We will also tell you our upset picks for the NFL weekend, some props to play via outkick.com slash bet, and much more. Austin Price of VolQuest.com joins us. We'll recap the week that was in Knoxville and look ahead to some big games for Tennessee, both against Kentucky and against Georgia. And yes, I just overlooked UT Martin this Saturday, which will not be among the top 10 games of the college football weekend from Chad Withrow. Look, Tennessee may be over reasons to watch college football. It's time to bang some hats. Here's Chad Withrow's must-see games this weekend. That was my fault, Colin. That's an excellent intro to this segment. Tennessee may be overlooking UT Martin this weekend. It won't matter because it'll be for about a half a quarter, and then it will be over from that point on. That's my guess. Games that will not be over a half a quarter into the game, though, starting with game number 10 this weekend. Paul, you're going to love this one. It's a light week. Memphis at Tulane at number 10. The Green Wave, a seven-point home favorite this game at 3.30 Eastern time on ESPN2. Question's going to be whether or not Memphis will be, able, will be able to recover from two consecutive heartbreaking losses. A couple weeks ago, they gave up 26 fourth-quarter points to lose to Houston 33-32. A week ago, they lost in four overtimes to East Carolina. Memphis can score points. No problem with that. Tulane is a team anchored by their defense. That's why it's so surprising they gave up 31 a week ago to one of the worst offenses in the AAC in South Florida. Tulane, a seven-point home favorite. Tulane trying to be one of those group of five teams to get a power six bid. It's going to go a long way to doing that if they can win at home against Memphis. Game number nine, Kansas at Baylor. A few weeks ago, with um, Jaden Daniels still playing, still being the quarterback for Kansas, the Jalen and Jaden Daniels thing gets me every time, LSU and Kansas. If he's still there, this is a much closer, much more discussed game. But now it's Jason Bean at Kansas. He's done fine. The offense continues to roll along for Lance Leipold's Jayhawk squad. Defense is an issue. And with, uh, with Baylor, they can throw it. Blake Chapin, the quarterback, he's been great. Thrown for 766 yards over the last two games. Now Baylor lost the last two to Oklahoma State and West Virginia. Nice opportunity for a bounce back in this one at home in Waco against Kansas, who lost the last two weeks to TCU and Oklahoma. Again, both with their backup quarterback, Jason Bean. Game number eight. Paul, I'm getting closer to games that, that are going to interest you. Yeah. Game number eight. I'm, with, I'm on on this one, though. Texas I, A&M at South Carolina. Hutton, you're in on this one? Yes. Let's go I'll, in on this one together. Yes. I'll tell you why. A&M minus three on the road in Columbia, 6.30 p.m. SEC Network kickoff, 6.30 Central Time. 
I think the SEC Network night broadcast is one of the best in all of sports. They do a great job. Camera work. Uh, the broadcast team is terrific with Tom Hart and, and uh, Jordan, Jordan Rogers. Great work all the way around. South Carolina has yet to go a game this year without turning it over at least twice. A&M, they're going to play a low-scoring, tight game, and mistakes are going to be, let's face it, for A&M, they feast on them. They're going to rely on it in this game. They need those Spencer Rattler mistakes for South Carolina in this one. Uh, A&M struggling to score, last in the SEC in points per game, partly because of style, partly because they're missing some pretty high-octane playmakers. South Carolina, um, they're getting the offense going, but Hutton, they're getting the offense going against pretty bad competition right now. This is going to be a challenge, really, for both squads. I expect this to be a low-scoring game. So this game is uh, kicking off around the same time as Alabama and Mississippi State. So pay attention to this. This game's on ESPN. Um, A&M is why I'm paying attention to this game. They're coming off a bye, as is South Carolina. They have not won a road game in conference since October of last year at Missouri. And they're coming off a bye, which means I think they could play the five-star quarterback in this game coming off the bye. They've already played 20 freshmen this season. It's time for Weigman to play. I've read he's expected to appear. Well, appear. I think he could start. I think they make the full switch. Well, your boy's banged up, right? Well, so. but even but even so, just the extra week of preparation and knowing that you've already lost. I mean, it's been four full weeks since the Aggies last won a game. Now's well, the time. You've, you've inspired me. There's not a great slate of night games this Saturday. The other 6.30 game I'm going to get to right now in game number seven on national TV, you've inspired me to the game between a future game, Alabama-Mississippi State, not on the list yet, starts at 6. Go ahead and click over to SEC Network at 6.30 and just see if Connor Weigman's starting in this game for A&M. That's a good reason to tune in to the start of this game to get that announcement. In college football, unlike the NFL, you're not going to get that announcement until they go live right. on the game and that the announcers will have the info if he's really to good. tell you if he's going to be the starter in If that he's game. good, it enhances my hatred of A&M. And yes. if he's bad, it enhances my hatred of A&M. Paul, 140% with you because for this he year, should have been starting early. But if he's good, everyone else turns ahead and goes, oh, no. Well, Next. if he's oh, good, no. suddenly Alabama and Nick Saban, everyone's looking around thinking, well, they got the best recruiting class ever, and he's in that class. And those guys are only <laughs> right. going to get older and better at AM. So that's one to watch. Game number seven, another night game. Minnesota at Penn State. Penn State ranks 16th, four and a half point favorite at home, 7 30 Eastern time kick on ABC. The Gophers have the beef up front. They've got great running backs, a veteran quarterback. They can make the offense go. Muhammad Ibrahim, one of the best running backs in America. They weren't healthy in the loss to Purdue. They were bad against Illinois. Penn State was awful against the run against Michigan. Minnesota's going to want to run it. I still like Penn State at home in this game. I think Minnesota really feasted on a very poor schedule early. They blew out Colorado. They caught Michigan State in a game where even Michigan State, who's terrible, was even worse than terrible in a game where Minnesota did whatever they wanted in East Lansing. I like Penn State in this game, a four-and-a-half-point home favorite against Minnesota. But nonetheless, 
a big game in the Big Ten. You would think they'd have some bounce back in them, just like coming up here in game number six. I agree. Game number six, and this is a bounce back game for Alabama. It's also, you could argue, a bounce back game for Mississippi State, who played their worst in Lexington, Kentucky on Saturday night. That It was right there for them. You had Will Levis coming off of injury. Uh, you had Mississippi State having success offensively, defensively. That game was three to nothing into the third quarter. Mississippi State got nothing done. No time of possession. Very few yards. Credit Kentucky's defense, who may be emerging as the best defense in this in the SEC, believe it or not. Even with Alabama and Georgia in the mix, the problem for Kentucky is their offense has not improved uh, from a year ago. But Mississippi State at Bama, Hutton, the big thing to this, this game for me, why is Alabama a 21-point favorite? Sixth versus 24. The reason is Mississippi State's strengths line up perfectly with Alabama. They're not a team that's going to test you deep down the field. They are a short passing team with Will Rogers. Alabama's secondary will tackle quickly. That's not what threatens them. They're also bad against the run. Jameer Gibbs should have. That's the key. Should have. If Bill O'Brien does what he needs to do, should have an enormous game against Mississippi State. Bulldogs ought to take a couple cracks deep based on what Tennessee just did. Coming up, we will have uh, Withrow's top five games of the college football weekend. Final thought, though, on Mississippi State, Alabama. Mississippi State, when they win, they get more than 40 points per game. When they lose, they average 16 and a half points. That's a little bit of a dramatic difference. Here, here's that what is black and white. Just, if you want to go just big picture, Mike Leach. I love Mike Leach. He has won an outpost that you should not win at. From Texas Tech to Washington State to Mississippi State now. If you have him, you have him. Coaches that know how to defend his system, that can play a zone and drop a bunch of guys and get them to understand their reads, you stop that offense. This is not an offense that is unstoppable. He's going to win 70-75% of the time offensively, but there is a formula if you have the guys to just completely shut him down. And there's no real counterpunch when you start shutting down that offense. Coming up, where do we have some of the other top games from the college football weekend, like UCLA and Oregon, Syracuse, Clemson? Those will be in the top five for sure. We'll preview those next on OutKick 360. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine, this is Outkick 360. Hutton with Rowan Kaharski with you. You can hit us up on socials at Outkick 360. Chad, continue. We're going through uh, the top 10 games of the college football weekend. We are up to number 5 on the weekend, and I have a feeling the SEC, while it's represented, there may only be one more game in the top 5. Let's go rapid fire here. And you're right. Uh, yes, one more game. Ole Miss at LSU. It is the primetime CBS game, 3.30 Eastern time. Ole Miss has excellent balance. Defense is much better than a year ago. They're holding up just fine. 
LSU does not generate a lot of pass rush. That could be killer against this Ole Miss team. Jackson Dart, given time to operate, he can go to work through the air. Ole Miss, a great rushing attack. Hutton, I'm going to say it. It's one of your lines. Wrong team's favored in this game. I agree. LSU minus two and a half. I know it's at home. I know Ole Miss has not been tested by their schedule yet. I watch Ole Miss. I watch LSU. Ole Miss is the better football team. I think they went outright in Baton Rouge on CBS tomorrow afternoon. Game number four. Do you agree? I, I do. don't. I, I'm you taking, like LSU? I'm taking I like the Rebels. LSU. I think, uh, I think Ole Miss's goodness runs out. I So LSU has started fast really once in a game that has mattered, and it was last week. I don't think that is just a kickstart to their offensive season. I think we see more of a consistency from Ole Miss than we do LSU, and therefore I think the Rebels win. But this this is this is one of those prove-it games for them. You know, Kentucky on the road at Ole Miss was a prove-it game for Kentucky, and now Ole Miss is on the road at LSU. Here we go. Paul, to your point, uh, LSU – They've gone for over 300 yards passing three of the last four games. They Tim were Daniels great. Up. You're right, and they were great against Florida. Daniels great well, running and 16. passing. I'll have to go rapid fire with this next comment, but they started to heat up at the end of the Tennessee game. They did. With their best receiver. Uh, Kayshawn Boutte. I like to go with Boutte, even though it's Booty. Booty. General uh, Boutte. He, he had the last. It just sounds fancy. You know, yeah. It's Boutte. more fancy. Right? Dressing more, it up. Yeah, absolutely. Number four. Touchdown on that one. Number four. Number 20, Texas, at number 11, Oklahoma State. Texas, a six-point favorite. Why is Texas, the 20th-ranked team in the country, a six-point favorite on the road at Oklahoma State? If you ask that, you don't understand the quarterback situation in Oklahoma State. Paul loves Spencer Spencer Sanders. Sanders, But his shoulder's bent. Shoulder is banged up. Probably not going to play in this game. Advantage Texas. And his completion percentage is below 50% with the shoulder. By the way, tough kid. He's done a great job trying to battle through this. Needs to say it is hurting his play and his team's play that he's trying to gut through this, and I respect it. But I like Texas. Needs in this to Let's also add this in with the quarterback issue. Texas, you would say Oklahoma State. Oh, run the football. Well, Texas has the best run defense in the Big Twelve, and Oklahoma State has only averaged three and a half yards per carry. Yeah, it's not a good matchup without the starting quarterback. Game number three, number 14, Syracuse at number five, Clemson. Battle of unbeatens in the ACC. The Tigers of Clemson, a 13-and-a-half-point favorite. Early kick, 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central on ABC. Guys, Syracuse, not Clemson. Syracuse leads the ACC in total defense. They're allowing nothing on the ground. They are a, contrary to Dino Babers' teams the past, a grinded-out defensive team. The problem with that is Clemson's a bit of that, but DJ, the quarterback, he's getting it going. 12 touchdown passes in the last four games. Clemson's offense is clicking. I like Clemson Look, at America, home. join join here and root for Syracuse because if Clemson wins this game, they're going to the college football playoff and they're going to get killed by somebody. We need one-loss teams who are better than them. They need to lose this game. They, the, Clemson's defense is not awful, though. Like, they... By, no, their by, defense is good. So they, they allowed a ton of points to Wake Forest, and I think a lot of people tuned into that and thought, oh, you know, it's a 50-point game. Yeah, they've gotten better, too. Well, since, since then, they allowed 20 to NC State, 3 to Boston College, and 28 to Florida State. They've only allowed 42 points in their first three games. So if you're just looking at the Wake Forest game, which was a big matchup that was following college game day, you're thinking, oh, they're, they're not what they were. 
They are. And now they're getting better quarterback play from DJU, who at this point last year had just nine touchdown passes. Now he has 17. But they're not good against Big Ten and SEC in I, No, I December. agree with you. I'm, I'm, I'm all in on Syracuse here. Paul, Syracuse, America will be behind them as a big underdog. I'm backing them. And if this game is close late, look for a television ratings impact similar to Tennessee-Bama yeah. with people tuning into ABC to see if they can pull off the upset. Game number two. Number 17, Kansas State at number 8, TCU. If you're one of the unbeatens, if you're a team looking to get in the college football playoff, root for Kansas State on Saturday. The Wildcats have had two weeks to prepare for TSU in this game. Adrian Martinez, the only Power 5 quarterback to not throw an interception this year. After all the problems at Nebraska, he has yet to throw an INT. I still like TCU at you home. You predicted this, this too. You yeah. thought he would be better there than at Nebraska. You know why? Because he's being coached now. Between because Martinez, Chris Kleiman is a great coach at, at K-State. Between Martinez and the quarterback coming up in this next game, I'm still waiting on that best five transfer quarterback piece from you. TCU can make the college football playoff. They are the dark horse here that no one's talking about. Get ready for the This frogs. is the year I don't want that team because I think there are four good I want them teams, involved, though, five. for the argument at the end of the year. Because yeah. they, they, we fun. have not talked about them, and that's our fault, not theirs. Yeah, they're really good. Game number one. Let's start talking about UCLA. Number nine, UCLA undefeated at number 10, Oregon. Homecoming for Chip Kelly. He played a game there in the COVID year with no fans. This will be very different. Oregon, six and a half point favorite. Keep this in mind. UCLA, a running team with a tough offensive line. They are equipped to go on the road and run the football and negate the home field atmosphere that will be in favor of Oregon in Eugene. I think this is going to be a really good game. Oregon, though, a six and a half point favorite. How good is Dorian Thompson Robinson? He's very good. Uh, He's Bo the number Nicks, one quarterback in the Bo Nix statistically conference. has been even better the last few weeks, which is surprising me right now. Bo Nix second in the in the Pac-12, tenth in the nation in completion percentage, and Thompson Robinson is number one at seventy-five percent. And UCLA, by the way, they average 41 and a half points per game. This is going to be a great game. This is the one I'll be watching back and forth with Old Miss and LSU if you, at 2 If you're an SEC fan listening to us or watching us and you want three teams in the playoff, Oregon needs to win this game and win big. Hey, let me also give you a big. a big upset. This will be the better atmosphere as opposed to LSU. Eugene, Oregon will have the best atmosphere on Saturday Bring in college on. football. Golf balls, mustard bottles. Let's hope. Any condiments is welcome. <laughs> Catch relish. Mayonnaise? Let's Mayo. move to relish. Headlines next on Outkick 360. Ch-